Brina Garen, and you're listening to Hex Positive. Welcome, witches. This is the inaugural episode of my new Patreon series, The Stardust Sessions. And as you may surmise, they are called such because of the addition of fellow witch historian and all-around fabulous person, my good buddy, Lozzie Stardust. Hello, Lozzie. Hello, mate. I I just wanted to say for all the listeners, that is the sixth time I've tried to record that intro. So I guess six times the charm. Yeah, definitely. I just if not, I think we should just go with my intro. <laughs> Stardust sessions kicked. in it. <laughs> Stardust sessions in it. Uh, uh, we'll 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 do that for, for the quickie sessions. Uh so what we're gonna be doing on this series is diving into witchy history and occult history and the 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 drama and the fun and the absolute madness that surrounds all of that there's so much so freaking much that i want to cover on the regular podcast and i just i just don't have time for everything that i want to talk about uh between the research and the recording and just that that's a lot more talking than i'm prepared to deal with and also history is so much more fun when you're exploring it with a friend plus nobody banters like Lazi, and I've had people in my inbox for a solid year now begging me to have you around more often. Ah. <laughs> so so that's what that's a happy flappy Lazi noise right there. It's the happy Lazi squeak. So that's uh so that's what we're gonna do. Um things are still a li- little bit in process, so this is going to be a bit of a rough cut. Uh, if you're hearing this on your favorite podcatcher, it is the second anniversary bonus special. But if you're a member of my Patreon, you already heard this back in April and are probably giggling over the prospect of hearing it again. One does hope. Uh, the Stardust sessions are going to be, for the most part, a Patreon exclusive. So if you enjoy hearing Lazi and me bantering away over witchy history, please do consider becoming a monthly contributor, and then you'll be able to enjoy this madness every single month. What a prospect. <laughs> oh, yes. So... Right, exactly. So for the inaugural episode, I thought it might be fun to talk about a local legend. Well, local to me, anyway, here in coastal Virginia. Lossie, we we need to find some local legends from your neck of the woods. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's a few. There is a few. So I'll definitely get that up and sorted. That's going to be super exciting as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have like a list tucked away somewhere of like, oh, yes, we can do all of the things. I know we've uh, we've we've got designs on on King James as well that almost counts, sort of. Yeah. No, there's definitely going to be a few. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a few. I mean, <clears throat> English witches—they're kind of a thing. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of them. They're a bit low-key uh, <laughs> British British witchcraft, <laughs> but it's yeah, they're this thing, you know. 
Lancashire Witch Trials. Ever heard of it? Uh, Pendle? Yeah, we'll, we'll, what? Yeah, no, I'm teasing. Oh, God. That's not local. Yes. I Oh, I would love to talk about the whole yeah. Pendle Hill debacle with you. Yeah. That would be yeah, totally just... Yeah, totally amazing. That Although I think I in it. America and England, local are two very different things. Because you guys, you've got like, I was talking about geography of America the other day. And someone's like, yeah, so the whole of the UK can fit into Texas. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? So I occasionally Several forget when you're like, over. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like local. I'm like, well, that's like 70 odd miles away. And someone's like, that's, yeah, that's locally the back garden of America. And I'm like, OK, that's cool. So, that's fine. Yeah, people people drive that every Every day for work in some places, you know, any anywhere within like a three hour driving distance here is considered local. Whereas, you know, in the UK, you do that and you're you're halfway across the bloody country. Yeah. So just like yeah. down from yeah. down down south near, near where I'm from, it's just like, oh, top north. Mm-hmm. That's proper north. That is that's Granny Og territory. That is. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because apparently in my head, Granny Og is real. So it's fine. <laughs> love her uh, that was something that uh that that amused me very much when i visited ireland lovely lovely place can't wait to go back someday uh but we were in galway our final day there and we, we were like out in galway we were literally like staring at the bay for breakfast which was lovely um and we we told our host you know yeah we've got to catch a plane out of dublin uh this afternoon and she just looked at us like you're like you're driving clear across the country it's yeah well that's that's like four four or five hours and we're like yeah that's a long way not for us <laughs> it's not what are you talking about that's a standard drive and everyone else is like, relative yeah everyone in the uk especially ireland is even smaller it's just like why mm-hmm. <laughs> why exactly yeah so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's so it's just so funny to me because from where I'm at, um, Washington, D.C. is about a four hour drive away. And, you know, we've been known to go there and back in a day for like, you know, a day trip or something or, or to visit friends. And, you know, and where you are, that's like that's unheard of. It's like, no, no, no. If you're driving that far, you're staying over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We me and my um, other half, we recently drove to to Wales and um what we did was we did um four hour it was a four hour drive so we did two hour drives stopped off somewhere did like lunch and looked around the shops and then did the other two part of the two hour part of the drive because we were just like oh, i can't drive for four hours so yeah no it's yeah. it's yeah definitely kip oh, kip over need a brew need a wee yeah mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll we'll do like rest stops along the way. There's mm. there's like big, long highways like I-95 that goes like all the way up and down the East Coast. And, uh, you know, there's there's rest stops every, you know, few dozen miles along the way where you can stop. You can maybe get a snack from a machine. You can go to the bathroom, stretch your legs a bit. You know, that's sort of built into the whole thing. But like I drive eight and a half hours up to see my family uh in pennsylvania when i want to go see them for uh for the holidays and whatnot and it's like yeah that's just a day of driving it's like the entire day it's blow my mind man blow my mind yeah (laughs) anything anything more than like eight to ten hours though is like mm, that's a bit much for one day if you're if you're driving that much in one day it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna stop over somewhere 
and you know continue the next day if we if we haven't got to where we want to go just yet but yeah i mean if anything three, three or four hours is nothing the the broomstick chafes after that long anyway oh my so god yeah. you can't spend eight hours on the broomstick without some proper woolly pants on so <laughs> Oh, my God. Yes. You you have to go and you have to, like, make sure the burrs are polished off. You might have to, like, change the uh, the, the saddle you're sitting on. You certainly have to change your pants after a while because, like, it wears through. I, I don't know how the ones who go commando do it. Maybe it's for extra grip. <laughs> but speaking, uh, speaking of traveling long distances and back in one night... Uh, today we are going to be talking about Grace Sherwood, also known as the Witch of Pungo. She is an absolute bamf, and she was the last person, or the last known person, I should say, uh, to be convicted of and imprisoned for witchcraft in the colony of Virginia. Uh, this happened back in uh, the early 1700s, so it was still a colony at the time. Um, now, before we get in, it, it, it is important to note that Grace, despite this moniker, was not, in fact, a witch. And given the events of the day, uh, she'd probably be very insulted by the label, uh, you know, considering she literally sued people over it. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. Just for context, witchcraft and accusations thereof, they were handled a little differently in the colony of Virginia than they were in, say, Massachusetts. Um, Accusations were rarely met with the same sort of like puritanical rabies uh, that happened further north. That set of trials in, in Salem, it, it stands out because the circumstances and the outcome were really bizarre and like way outside the norm. The whole like court of order and terminer, not standard practice. Anyway, um, witchcraft was defined by colonial law at the time as causing illness, harm or death through magic, maleficium. Uh the use or the use of magical means or divination to find lost objects or discover treasure, let people freaking live, uh, or the use of magic to interfere with someone's free will, as in bewitchment. Uh, it's important to note also that the involvement of the clergy and uh, what's the word? In ecclesiastical influence were much less prevalent in Virginia courts. The accuser held the burden of proof rather than the, uh, rather than the accused. Things like spectral evidence were generally disregarded and you could sue someone's ass for slander if they accused you of witchcraft or if they were spreading rumors about you being a witch. It's very convenient. Uh, mind you, the court still looked for like witches marks and they did the, uh, the, the duckings or the swimming tests, but they were really rather progressive compared to some of their Northern neighbors. Screw you, Stoughton. Yeah, it is really interesting how much it's, progress because like you said like Salem stands out like oh you know it was a big thing um and it definitely was a big thing like you said about how how much it escalated and how quickly 
it escalated but it's mm-hmm. it's good to hear that it wasn't exactly the same um all over um, yeah and i mean there there were still like a fair number of witch trials in virginia in the carolinas in that surrounding region um and a lot of them uh had more to do with some of like the old world beliefs rather than uh you know sort of the the new world stuff dealing with you know oh the 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 sort of i saw goody proctor with the devil type thing uh so it it ran a little bit differently but it was still sort of the oh you know we had an argument and something bad happened to me you're a witch yep uh was was basically how it went in a lot of cases and because that was something that could lead to someone you know having actual charges uh, brought against them or you know it could harm their public reputation it could harm their business you know you could sue someone for slander because that was slander it could affect your standing in the community it could affect you financially it could affect you legally therefore you had legal re- recourse and that is something that uh, that grace took great advantage of because she was kind of a, a, a no-nonsense lady and I just I I am I am absolutely in awe of her and you're you're going to love this. So witchcraft was effectively decriminalized, at least to a, a certain extent, when uh, Parliament passed the Witchcraft Act of 1735, which, if you'll recall from Witchcraft and the Law back here, uh, back last year, uh, made it a crime for a person to claim that any human being had magical powers or was guilty of practicing witchcraft. So the law more or less abolished witch hunts and it ended the long spate of, uh, you know, fear and executions that had plagued the 1600s. And it set into legal code the belief that witchcraft and magic and the harm caused thereby was a product of superstition. And surprise, surprise, not really something you want to base actual life and death trials upon. Do you want witch panics? Because that's how you get witch panics. Totally. And I mean, it, it's such a long way. It's such a far cry from the original because um, James and et al. And the English monarchy and that lot. Uh, <laughs> James et al. Um, had oh, we'll get to him. Said, oh, we will. We, yeah, he's coming back. Um, mm-hmm. The prevailing thought of that previous time, you know, those kind of previous hundred odd years was that god wouldn't let you go to trial or even put the thought of somebody accusing you in the other person's head if you weren't actually a witch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you've gone and from like you were police to <laughs> yeah and if you were brought to trial there was a whole thing uh it, it was also like partially it was more with the the inquisition but it did make its way to uh to england and the new world uh that, you know, even if you were falsely accused, uh, that if you were, in fact, innocent, God would give you the strength to resist uh, any questioning or, or or pointy provocation that was put to you because it was like, well, if you're innocent, then God is clearly on your side and, you know, we'll see you through these ordeals. And that's why they still had like the whole trial by ordeal thing. And it was like, um, actually, that's not how it works at all. Um because human beings have a breaking point and no matter how devout or divinely favored they may be, pain is still pain. 
So this was basically a law to prevent people from getting their neighbors executed or imprisoned every time there was a bad harvest or some dead livestock or like a feud between families or people bickering, because that is what so much of it grew out of is like, oh, God, something bad happened and I want someone to blame it on. So considering the events of the preceding century, this was a very good change, kind of like changing your name from shithouse to latrine. Movie references. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. So we now go back to the turn of the 18th century town of Pungo in Princess Anne County, Virginia. Uh, it's near modern day Virginia Beach for those looking on a map. And we meet a woman named Grace Sherwood, which is a lovely name. She was born in 1660. She married James Sherwood in 1680. They had three sons, John, James, and Richard. And they all lived on a farm near what is now the Asheville Bridge Creek, then called Muddy Creek. There are no contemporary images of Grace uh, which is unfortunate, but, you know, it was standard at the times. Uh, but she was said to be tall and attractive and was known for having a good sense of humor. I like her already. She often wore trousers instead of skirts. <gasps> and, oh, I know. Scandal. Scandalous. Loses. Mm. Oh. Yes. And worked the fields manual labor right alongside her husband and her sons. You know, there's work to be done. It's got to get done. And, you know, it wasn't uncommon for women to be working in the fields at that time, but it was rather uncommon for one to be seen out in trousers, I think. Uh, she also grew herbs that she used for medicinal purposes on both people and animals and occasionally found employment as a midwife. So you see where this is going, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <sighs> woman in the 1700s so i was just thinking man which <laughs> how about this salve burn her <laughs> an apple on pizza oh maybe <laughs> just, oh. Uh, yeah yes, was, um... my calf sneezed which uh so the uh the first accusation of witchcraft we have against her uh that we have records of anyway uh, came in 1697. There may have been rumblings before this, and I'm sure there was like negative public sentiment surrounding her because, you know, strong woman who wears trousers and is, you know, at least a little bit independent and knowledgeable and outspoken and forthright and jolly. Yeah, that's going to attract <sighs> some some, some yep. stuff. So records show that a man named Richard Capps had accused her of causing the death of his bull with a spell. Grace called bullshit and filed a defamation suit in response because she's a badass. Yes. Uh, the suit was settled. The witchcraft charge was dismissed, we think, because there's no record of anything else coming from it. And life went on. And it's important to note here as well that like, just because we don't have records of things happening doesn't mean they didn't happen around this time. There may have been more stuff 
stuff that happened. It's just that we don't have like actual paper records for all of it. Exactly. And that's the other thing um, with like when we're looking at like the history of stuff that history is written by the victors and the stuff that gets through will get through because somebody's thought is important enough. So I think there's there's also a big asterisk um, to be put in any sort of historical research of who's written this and what are we what are we looking at um, and, and where is this information where is this information coming from? Is it a written record at the time or is it this he said, she said, but also oral tradition. It's not written on paper. People can't read or write very easily. Oral traditions, another. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's it, people weren't exactly blogging back then. No. So, I mean, people people kept diaries, they kept journals and there were, you know, local gossip sheets every so often. But um, unless. You know, somebody took the time to, you know, preserve something or, you know, make a record of it. Or if it was something that, you know, affected, you know, it, it made enough of a public impact that there was some sort of, you know, legal record or some something like that. Uh, you know, it, things just weren't kept. People burned their letters after they read them. And it wasn't like, oh, because this needs to be secret. It's just because, you know, well, we don't have a lot of space and there's no use like keeping this. So they would just chuck it in the fire. That's how yep. you got rid of things. So, you know, yep. a lot of like day to day correspondence and day to day thoughts we just don't have because, you know, people were busy. They didn't always write things down. And the people who did write things down were the people with the uh, the money and the leisure time to be able to like sit back in the evening and write six pages about their day. Yeah, you're not going to have grace bless her who's out working the fields with her husband and her boys <sighs> stuff needs mucking sheep need feeding livestock need tending you know shop bread needs making turnips need Having, pulling yeah. yeah you just you just don't have the the luxury the actual luxury of time mm-hmm mm-hmm although can you imagine if we found a diary from her and just it's like you know October 6, Richard Caps, this motherfucker. <laughs> Basically. And uh, yeah, Jane and John over the road mm. are doing my nutting. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll get you up to those later on. Like, yeah. You'll oh. never guess what the Hills said about me in the market today. Oh, I'm going yeah. to sue the dickens out of them. Exactly. Uh, so uh, in 1698, uh, Grace's neighbor, John Gisburn, accused her of bewitching his pigs and his crops. Very few details about that. There's no actual official court case records for the accusation that time. And unfortunately, Grace's defamation suit also failed. Um, I think in this case, the judge was like, right, Gisburn, you're you're being a schmuck and, you know, both just take this outside, tussle in the in the dirt for a minute figure shit out go home we have bigger things to worry about yeah because then and then it was another set of people you know like you said it wasn't just this one neighbor um who originally you know it wasn't just the hills it wasn't just the gisbons it was you know there were a fair few accusations that actually got brought up to that she got brought up to trial mm -hmm. for because it was um 
Anthony yeah. and Elizabeth Barnes as well, wasn't it? I was just about to say, ah, yeah. yeah. Uh, later that same year is when Elizabeth Barnes comes in and uh, and claims to the court that Grace had ridden her. Now, that that's not a metaphor for witchy sexy no. times. It, it's quite literal. No. Um, what was it? She, she said uh, Grace had come into her home and jumped over her bed in the form of a black cat and then jumped onto her back and ridden her around the room like a horse. Yeah. Like, uh, okay. Sounds fake, but okay. Uh, and then allegedly she left by way of the keyhole, uh, leaving Barnes, you know, terrified and, and beat up and unsurprisingly no physical evidence. <laughs> Shocking. Who knew? Hmm. It, it's funny. It's almost like, you know, nightmares don't leave physical evidence because nothing mm. happened. It's not funny. like Kruger is around in 1700s, is it? He's not just like, you know, nightmare yeah. on Elm Cottage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nightmare on not, Elm Cottage. Elm Cottage. Ah, I love it. Yes. But um, that's that's where uh, with Virginia course, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we don't do spectral evidence here. We don't do, you know, just your suspicions that doesn't hold water here. You know, just because you had this alleged visitation, just because you had a bad dream about Grace Sherwood, you know, doesn't mean that something actually happened. If you can show us that something actually happened, if you can show us physical evidence, then we'll do something. But until then, you know, faff off. Yeah. And I yeah. think also she'd taken another set of neighbours to court for assault and battery. Actually, that was the hills. That was the hills. That was the hills. Right. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Because they actually like they got into a knockdown drag out fight. Oh, she like Jesus. literally yeah. got into a fight with Elizabeth Hill and then sued them uh, for assault and battery after uh, I believe she won that case and she was awarded damages. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did mm-hmm. get damages. She got about twenty twenty dollars of damages, I think. Yeah, which which back then is is no small sum. Yeah. No, that is not a small sum. Yeah. I like to think all. she walked home after with like a black eye and maybe a bloody nose, like you should see that other bitch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you thought this yeah. like you should see uh yeah. Yeah. So there's obviously other conflicts going on, uh, possibly because the husbands of neighboring families uh, found Grace's looks and forthright manner attractive. Uh, You know, there's there's Elizabeth Barnes and Elizabeth Hill and a number of other angry wives uh, in the neighborhood looking to make trouble for the Sherwoods. Um, Mind you, every time there was a failed legal action, the Sherwoods still had to pay court costs. So, like, even when she wins, like, this is not cheap. And unfortunately, uh, James Sherwood passed away in 1701. So after that, she's handling the farm by herself and, you know, all of the day to day and everything with uh, the help of her sons, maybe some hired hands. Uh, but by the time the uh, the fight with the hills comes around in 1705, it's like things are not great and she's really just sort of fed up. Yeah, and she hadn't remarried either. No, she did not remarry. She did not so remarry. She did not have. She was a woman owning land mm-hmm. with her three sons and lots of hired help going back and forward. And yeah, it's just she didn't remarry, and that was I 
unspoken of the time because you you need a man to manage that land properly right you, you can't yeah, have a woman she, owning yeah, her own she'd stuff been managing it she'd been managing it right alongside her husband for years and years so she was like no i i don't i i loved him very much i don't want to remarry i i think it broke her heart because yeah you know the the we don't have again like the day-to-day stuff but from uh from the records we do have it does seem like they loved each other very much and uh she just was like no i'm not i'm not getting married again i don't need another man i don't want another man i can manage this myself i have my sons i'm good yep so uh 1706 is when everything kind of comes to a head and you have to remember this this is five years after her husband has died she's managing all of this herself uh you know she's got her adult sons helping her probably uh their their wives and families as well and uh at this point grace is not yet 50 years old i believe i believe i'm right on that where's the (laughs) i'm trying to find the quick maths yes yeah she is not yet 50 years old 1660 1706 um so she's she she's dealing with with all of this other nonsense and then 1706 elizabeth hill the woman she uh got in a fight with suffered a miscarriage it, well after the fight like way 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 after like has nothing to do with it but because of reasons uh she and her husband go on and accuse grace of causing it through witchcraft not a big surprise after the whole debacle and this this is something the courts can't really throw out uh it's a lot more serious than you know more nebulous stuff about hag riding or bewitching livestock or interfering with crops you know causing a miscarriage is just not something that's gonna go away no and it has a certain level of physical proof that was not exactly it was not there on the old um (laughs) i rode you in a dream oh wait again that sounded a lot more dodgy than i was anticipating but yeah it's yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's something a lot more serious yeah and like you said there's there's actual like this there is a physical effect to this and they can point to it and be like you know we just had a fight with her and now yeah this has happened so uh grace did not answer the charges in court for this um the accusation was brought in early january it's the middle of winter she's in her 40s and the court itself is like 16 miles away from her home and you know like we were talking about you know distance and travel time is relative so she may not have been able to make it due to weather or an illness we don't know 16 miles back then was a long way to travel you know if someone if someone lived like 10 miles away you might see them once a week and also bless her like i won't blame her she might have just been done with this shit she's like you know what i have been to court with these people so many times and my husband's now dead so i'm not getting a secondary income and i just i can't afford to get there i can't afford to you know yeah even if she wanted to yeah not to mention uh like you said she's she's running the place by herself 
So if she's not handling business, like no one else is going to. And, you know, yeah, sure, it's the middle of winter, but the place still needs looking after. And she can't just leave and go off to handle this trial thing because that nonsense could drag on for weeks. She couldn't just like leave home and go and handle it because, yeah, she had, you know, hired help and her sons to, you know, help her run the place. But still, I, I think you're right. I think she was just kind of done with it and was like, no, I'm not I'm not dealing with this right now. I'm staying the frick home. Yep. So she's formally charged in February and in March. You see, this drags out. Two all-female juries are convened in Princess Anne County to figure out what the heck is going on. Now, to their credit, they did look for physical evidence. They went out to the farmstead. They looked for, you know, potions and poppets in her home, some sort of, you know, the, the tools of the trade or poison or something. They looked for physical evidence at the house, at the farmstead. And I suppose if she's growing herbs, you know, there's things like and if she was interested in perhaps midwifery, there might have been people who were coming to her in advance um, Mm -hmm. who did not, you know, um, wormwood and, you know, mugwort, things like that, that are commonly grown and used might have been a method of control Mm -hmm. after the Mm -hmm. fact for a young lady who perhaps got herself in a bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the herbs that, uh, you know, help with labor and delivery could also have been used as poisons. Yeah. Which is why there was so much suspicion. It's dosage. It's like medication. Yeah, yeah. The dose makes the poison. The dose Mm -hmm. makes the poison. It's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, They also examined Grace herself for witch's marks or witch's teats, you know, which is supposed to be either the mark of her pact with the devil or the spot where she would suckle a familia. Uh, you know, now this this all sounds like, you know, standard procedure. And it's like, oh, you know, at least they're looking for physical evidence. At least they're, you know, not just relying on hearsay. It all sounds well and good until I mention <laughs> that the forewoman of the examination group was Elizabeth frickin Barnes. Oh, for, oh yeah. So, so neutral. Oh, yeah. This is so neutral. neutral. (laughs) And I mean, it's not like a 40 year old lady who's been working the fields all her life isn't going to have like, I don't know, a skin tag or several. (laughs) Exactly. Or sunspots or sunspots or just, you know, the basic thing of existing as a human being. And our skins make extra bits like Mm -hmm. (sighs) scars, chicken pox scars, smallpox scars, you know, existing. It could be be anything and it's it's not like she'd been living a comfortable life you know she lived very much an active hard-working life so like of course she was going to have marks and of course you know she was going to be a little rough uh compared to perhaps some of the other ladies uh so yeah and it, it really to me seems like a bit of an oversight uh one would think that the court would have been like, well, this woman has previously like brought formal charges against her of this, this whole hag writing incident. Maybe we shouldn't make her the form woman of the jury, but then again, records back then were a bit, a bit dodgy and maybe they just didn't put it together or 
they just didn't care, or maybe there just weren't that many people around. Who freaking knows? So, uh, yeah, the authorities in both uh, Williamsburg, where the uh, the court, the local court was for that, and in Princess Anne County, uh, were really, really reluctant to say, yes, definitely, she's a witch. You know, this is not that long after the events in Salem. It's, it's barely a decade later. So it's very fresh in everyone's minds. Everyone's kind of wary about like possibly starting that kind of panic in their own towns because they don't want it to be like, you know, oh, you know, we accused Grace Sherwood. And then part of that is going to be, you know, name the other witches in town. And then it just it starts all over again in Virginia. So um, thankfully, they were they were really wanting to rely much more on physical evidence and they really wanted to make certain that Grace was really, really guilty of doing some kind of actual harm before they would convict her. Yeah, which is, again, <laughs> it sounds really horrible, <laughs> but actually it's really progressive, which is... Which For the is, time, like, yes. For the time, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like ev- actual physical evidence, evidence, actual proof of guilt. <gasps> My God. However... Now that's sorcery. <laughs> Wasn't the evidence a water trial? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, Haven River. Oh no. Oh yes, here we go. Oh, and wait till you hear the the name that it it was given afterward. Hoo wee. Oof. Oh yeah. So in, in May 1706, after the weather warms up, and uh, like I'm saying, you know, this is dragging out. It's now dragged out for four or five months. This is why she couldn't just leave the farmstead because it's like you, you can't be gone for six months to handle this nonsense when the farm needs looking after. So in May of that year, it's decided while there was no direct evidence of maleficium or magic used to cause direct harm, there was great cause of suspicion because they had allegedly found marks upon her. Again, rough life, skin tags, freckles, who the frick knows. And because she'd been accused before, which is exactly why you could sue people for accusing you of being a witch. Because, you know, now all that nonsense from past years, even though the charges were thrown out and the courts were like, no, this is, this is nonsense. There's no evidence for it. The fact that she was accused stood against her. No smoke without fire. basically. Exactly. Exactly. So Grace is taken into custody and in July, a trial by ducking was ordered the water test, the swimming test. Now per the records, Grace actually consented to this. Yeah. Yeah, you know, probably because she just wanted the whole nonsense to be over. There is no official record that she was tortured or mistreated. They were pretty progressive there, uh, which sounds terrible when I'm saying it. But, you know, and it, it's it's true. I mean, 18th century jails, not fun places to be. But we do have a record that the trial by water was actually postponed for a full week because the original date for the test had um, there was bad weather forecasted and they're like, well, you know, we don't want to do this in bad weather because it might endanger her health. 
So it's like, oh, okay, they they weren't actually going into this to drown her. They didn't want to actually hurt her. They just wanted some sort of thing where they could say definitively yes or no, and then just have the whole thing kind of be over with. And it was acknowledged at the time that like, you know, yeah, this this is outdated. It's not great, but people are upset. People are fearful. And we want to just have this over with. And and for her, I can only guess because, again, I'm not I'm not her. You know, we're looking at this with our uh, like 2022 lens. It's kind of like, I don't know, I would have felt like these people are going to always come after me mm-hmm. all the time. And if something happens while I'm being proven, at least my name will be cleared. Yeah. And maybe I've had 40 years and oh, I just I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, I think she just wanted over and done with. I, yep. I think she was just like, fine, fine. I'll do the freaking thing. If this will get you off my back, I'll do it. It's stupid, but I'll do it. Yeah. If I drown, mm-hmm. fuck it. At least my yeah. name's cleared. Like exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. But uh, actually, this is this is the badass bit. On record, the worst that physically happened to her is that she was taken to uh, Lynn Heron, Lynn Heron, Lynn Haven parish church and she sat on a stool in front of you know witnesses and authorities and was ordered to beg forgiveness from god for being a witch and grace being the stone cold badass that she was looked her accuser dead in the eye and said i be not a witch i be a healer which I think loosely translates to thou mayest ingest a sack of riches. <laughs> what a boss. What, what a, a boss. boss. Looked her straight mm. in the eye and was just like, no, no, mate. no. I'm not going to, I'm not going to beg forgiveness for shit. <laughs> I haven't done anything. I'm just living my life. And these bitches are trying to make it hard for me. Exactly. It's just like, oh, no, oh. I'm a healer. I've helped so many other people jog on my friend. Go mm. forth. Mm. Yes. Go forth and ingest a sack of Richards. Ha ha ha. They call me Goody Sherwood. Love it. <laughs> mm. Oh, and we'll we'll get to that in a minute as well. Uh, so July 10th, she's taken to a place near the mouth of the Lynn Haven River, which is now known as da, 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 Witch Duck Bay. Uh. Oh, yeah. There's a number of places in the area. There's a number yep. of places in the area that are called witch duck something. And it's not because, you know, there was a, you know, a, a, a duck with a pointy hat wandering around. It's because of Grace Sherwood. Yeah. I'm now yeah. just now got a goose, goose witch stuck in my head because <laughs> I am a goose witch. And I'm like, honk. But anyway, carry on. Sorry. Oh, my God. It is a beautiful day and you are a horrible witch. <laughs> honk. So, yeah. <laughs> We were doing so well. I'm so sorry, Grace. Carry on. I'm keeping that. <laughs> that's staying in. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. So there is a crowd. <laughs> sorry, I've now got the goose witch just flapping about, just being like, mate, you what? Come over here and say that to my face. I will hiss at you. Just, yeah. <laughs> Peace was never an option. Peace was never uh, an option. And I just so, I get that vibe from her though. I get <laughs> reading all about it, I get that vibe. Like she's just like, no, 
I'm not a witch. I'm a healer. Come over here and maybe we'll, you know, <laughs> come and have a go if you think you're hard enough, mate. And I just I just bloody love it. I just absolutely Yes, come and say her. that where my boot can hear you. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it. So there's a crowd gathered to see the proceedings as you do. This is big news back then. Of course, there's shouting and shaking of fists, but uh, the court had actually ordered, and we do have record of it, that Grace was not to be harmed during her trial by ordeal. So this isn't like the old, you know, hammer horror swimming test where if you sink, you're innocent, but they let you drown. They were prepared to pull her up. They they were not going to let her die. They They literally were just doing this for show to shut people up. Uh, so they put her in a boat, they row her out to a spot that's deep enough for the ducking. They tie her thumbs and big toes together crosswise and just try sitting like that sometime. It's bloody difficult, uh, to prevent her from swimming. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't think I could swim like that neither. Um, and they get ready to administer the test. Now, I love this. Legend has it that it was a perfectly clear, beautiful summer day. And as they were getting ready to push her into the water, Grace kind of turned her head and told the guy, before this day be through, you will all get a worse ducking than I. Dun, dun, dun. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so she's pushed into the water and she floats. I mean, some people it, it, it some people just freaking float okay yep. you, you toss me into the water i'm gonna float i have a lot of pooge i have dual airbags i'm gonna float uh just to make sure the sheriff tied like a big bible around her neck one weighing 13 pounds that's enough to sink most people and they toss her in again and that did make her sink but she untied herself and swam up to the surface, probably spitting mad by that point. I would be. So obviously her refusal to sink and require rescue convinced a lot of people that she was a witch. But really, like you said, I think she was just done with their shit. Yeah, 200%. It's just, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Just, nope, nope. I'm not nope. going to, like, stand down here and breathe river muck and wait for you lot to to pull me back into the damn boat. I'm swimming up. This is, this is ridiculous. So she's pulled out of the water and according to legend, almost immediately it started pouring down rain. Yes. Now they'll get a worse ducking than she. <laughs> so amazing. Yes. So rainstorms out of the blue are not uncommon in Tidewater, Virginia. You know, it's it's a coastal area. It's a swamp. We see a lot of sun showers, especially in the summertime. But if true, the timing is so satisfying. Oh, just chef kiss. Just oh, perfection. Mm. Just, yep. Perfect. 10 out of 10. No notes. Love it. And I'd love it that she just probably got in, you know, kind of like put out to the river and because she's got that amount of distance, she can probably see like the giant cloud that's coming over just because she's got mm -hmm. that further distance and she can just be like, it's going to rain before this day is out. Uh -huh. Yes. Amazing. Yes, 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 yes. And I do I do also like to, to kind of picture like the crowd gathered on the shore, probably some of them in their Sunday best. 
you know, they're there to, you know, holler and shake fists. Maybe uh, the the Elizabeths are there and they're just kind of, you know, being smug or whatever. And then Grace gets pulled out of the river and the sky just opens and they're drenched and their dresses are ruined. Their parasols are pelted to pieces. And, you know, they just sort of do like that, that mean girls. Oh, no, my dress and scamper away. I love it. I love it. And I, I hope that's what happened. Uppence. Out of the uppence. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. What an absolute ledge box. Oh, such a ledge box. So after that, uh, the, record, the record does get like a little bit hazy. We're pretty sure that after her ducking, she was thrown in jail, possibly for as long as about like seven and a half years. There's There is definitely an order order to detain her for a future trial but there's no record of a trial taking place again no, i did read that yeah so after the ducking incident i did read that they ordered a retrial yeah um mm-hmm. but whether or not that like you said the record keeping and stuff if it whether or not that went forward is exactly and it, it's again it doesn't mean it didn't happen it just means we don't have the documentation to prove it um and it, it's very possible that the charges were eventually dismissed um, in 1714, there's a record that she paid back, uh, like back taxes on her farm with some help from Lieutenant Governor Alexander Spotswood, who eventually gave his name to Spotsylvania County. Um, she lived pretty quietly for the rest of her life, uh, up until, what was it? Uh, 1740, September of 1740. Uh, August or September, some, somewhere around fall of 1740, and left everything to her sons. So she lived to be, you know, 80-ish. That's a really good that's, run. That's like amazing then. innings. <laughs> that's like amazing mm-hmm. innings for like 1700s for sure. I just mm-hmm. like to that's, think that she like it. lived purely out of spite. And I, I uh, quite like that as well. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to live. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, prove you wrong. I'm going to pay my taxes. I'm just going to just absolutely just carry on living my best life till I'm 80. Just, just, just to be like. Yeah. I, I like, I like also to, to think that she lived out of pure spite and that she was like, I refuse to die until Elizabeth Barnes and Elizabeth Hill have left this world. And she was like, Lizzie Barnes kicked it. All right, that's enough. Yep. I'm done now. I just, I just <laughs> wanted to outlive them two. Yeah. Just wanted to outlive them two, just to be like, no. Yeah. And I don't really. have, I don't have any dates of death for for those two, no. but screw them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's there. There ends the living legend of Grace Sherwood, uh, and the uh, there are there are legends. And, you know, modern history things that, that happened afterward. And there are those who say that a strange light appears at the point of Witch Duck Bay, where Grace's trial took place uh, anytime there's about to be a storm. Uh, and sometimes a woman with wet hair and sopping wet clothing can be seen walking up and down the banks of the river. Mm-hmm. Boopy. Yes. Yes, very spoopy. So a bit of modern history. Uh, In 2006, 
uh, Tim Kaine, who was governor of Virginia at the time, granted an informal posthumous pardon to Grace Sherwood on the 300th anniversary of her conviction. Um, this was following a campaign by Belinda Nash, who wrote a rather good uh, biography of Grace and then campaigned to uh, get her name cleared, which is freaking amazing. Awesome. Um, yeah. Following this, uh, in the next year, a statue of Grace uh, was unveiled outside of Santerra Bayside Hospital uh, near the children's wing. And the, the statue is, is just lovely. And it shows a, a, a beautiful, smiling woman with a bundle of rosemary on her arm and a raccoon at her feet. And oh my God. I've, I've seen pictures of it and I'll, I'll probably, uh, you know, throw one up in the show notes for this just so people can see it. But it's it's a lovely statue and she looks happy. I also love the fact they've they picked like a, a chaos, like it's a raccoon. So it's like, yeah, yep. I think <laughs> that like I'm like chaos beastie. Yep. Yep. I'm just like little, uh, little, little. Uh, yeah, alongside the goose, it's quite a common symbol amongst <laughs> the trash. Oh, wouldn't it be hilarious? Wouldn't it be hilarious if it had been a goose? Oh man, yeah, it's a goose or, or like a raccoon. It's just there, the symbology of, um, of of trash witches everywhere. I think so. It's yes. just yeah, no, I love the fact it's a raccoon. It's like it's short, yes. it's vicious. It's like yes, <laughs> but incredibly cute. Mhm. Now there's a, a fun story with the uh, the rosemary. Um, it's it's obviously an herb that has uh, that has strong associations with uh, with healing, both in like herbal medicine and in witchcraft. But there's also a local legend that says one night Grace ran out of rosemary, so she got in an eggshell a boat made from an eggshell and she rowed it out into the local Harbor bewitched the lone occupant of a ship and sailed to England and back in a single night, carrying back a sprig of rosemary in the eggshell and legend has it that all the rosemary in the state of Virginia originates from this sprig. Oh, that's so cool. That is so Isn't great. that freaking awesome? I There's us complaining. Like, There's me like complaining, like, Oh, I'm out of dried rosemary. I've got. I might have to pick some up from Tesco tomorrow. But Grace is just like, no, nah, I'm just gonna get in an eggshell, mate, and just, uh, just uh, we'll just sail across to England and back. Don't worry about it. I'm taking I the eggy for a spin. <laughs> <laughs> is there enough room in the boat? Oh, <laughs> only got yes. a sprig. Oh man. So. I mean, a apart from like needing to use it in my craft, like after I learned that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have Rosemary in my garden every single year in honor of her because she was so cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Virginia witches grow some Rosemary in honor of Grace Sherwood, uh, you know, witchy history buffs, you know, throw up a sprig and say, thank you, Grace, because she's awesome, uh, you know. As we mentioned, uh, local landmarks named for her are Witch Duck Bay, Witch Duck Point, and a portion of Route 190 in Virginia Beach called Witch Duck Road. And there's also a memorial marker in the garden of the Old Donation, or is Old Donation or Old Dominion, one of the two, uh, Episcopal Church, and a historical marker near her statue. So 
she is remembered and, you know, people know what happened to her. Uh, the trial of Grace Sherwood is reenacted as a live courtroom drama entitled Cry Witch, which runs year round in Colonial Williamsburg, near where I live. And her full story is also told at the Ferry Plantation House in Virginia Beach, just off of Witch Duck Bay, which is the other place that her ghost is seen. Grace's story is also dramatized in a very catchy tune called The Ballad of Grace Sherwood uh, by a local band called Coyote Run. The band isn't touring anymore, but you can still find their music online. Uh, you can look them up on, on YouTube and uh, you can find The Ballad of Grace Sherwood. It was first released on their album called Places some years ago, and uh, it's, it's a lovely uh, little sort of folk ballad about... Uh, Grace Sherwood, and and that's the the punchline of the chorus, uh, is uh, they call me Goody Sherwood, and it's it's Amazing. just lovely. <laughs> now there are two more legends about Grace following her death. Are you ready for this? Yep, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So they both have to do with uh with what happened like immediately after she died, as and like while she was sort of laying in state. Um, The first one says that after Grace passed away, uh, her sons laid her body out in the main room of the house uh, by the hearth, you know, as one does. Overnight, a howling wind came down the chimney and sent the entire room into disarray, as my cat is currently doing on the windowsill. (laughs) (laughs) When it finally died down, Grace's body was gone and there was a single cloven hoof print in the suit of the fireplace. Oh. Yes, cue the theremin. <laughs> yeah, I'm a human theremin, sorry. <laughs> and the other one holds that uh, Grace was set to be buried in an unmarked grave. This part is true. Uh, but on the day she was supposed to be buried, torrential rains came down and absolutely yes. drenched the area, causing a flood. And either preventing a timely interment or occurring directly after she was buried and uh, sort of disturbing the ground. Uh, One version of this particular legend says that Grace's coffin was actually carried along with the floodwaters as a reminder to the town of how she'd been mistreated. Although some people took it as, you know, a final reminder that she was a witch after all. I love that. But they still she still bloody drowned everybody like she still oh, yeah. drenched everybody. It's just like even on the way out, it's just like, ha. Yeah. You thought you'd and, escaped. Yep. Uh huh. And the legend also states that cats will congregate around her grave on the anniversary of her death or her ducking, depending on who's telling the story. Oh, and that note, that version is noted in the uh, the Ballad of Grace Sherwood. I love that. It's just just goals. She just sounds mm-hmm. like absolute goals basically oh, yeah it's just she like yes yeah, okay yep yeah, no that's it and I think we hear so much about the Salem witch trials um it's really interesting to hear about different people who rocked it um and it wasn't just this one place mm-hmm. and there's lots of witch history wherever you are be it England oh, yeah. you know other places America you know I'm sure there's stuff in the southern hemisphere I'd love to oh Oh, people want to like tell us, get in contact, oh, tell us oh, some yeah. interesting stuff that happens in the southern. Oh hemisphere. yeah, if there's 
yeah, if there's a, a local witch legend or, or such like that's uh, that's near you or a witchcraft related historical event that you'd like us to explore, by all means, send it in. Uh, you can you can find our our social medias. And uh, Lazi, why don't you go first with, uh, with yeah. the social medias? Where can people find you? So I can be found on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. Um, my handle is at bihexual history. Ha ha. Ha 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 ha. So yeah, most uh, most platforms um, I'm on there as as that. So yeah, and I do hang around Nerd and Tie quite a lot. I don't just play Wordle. I do. <laughs> I do actually like. <laughs> we do do other things than play Wordle. <laughs> it is yeah. Every I once in a while, a, saw a meme about um, Wordle being the sourdough starter of the Omicron variant, and if somebody had posted that in 2019 nobody would have a clue what's going on um but now it's the most amazing sentence that i think i've ever heard and i was like yep that is freaking fabulous <sighs> but yes if you'd like to join the party over on the nerd and tie discord you can find the invite at nerdandtie.com slash discord nice and easy to remember and the witches have basically taken over uh but it's it's a really lovely group of people you can talk with Lazi, you can talk with me you can talk with trey dorn from our sibling podcast bs free witchcraft and they are equally fabulous so you'll be very welcome do come join us uh it's a wonderful group very friendly you can find me on most most social media yeah i can talk today uh as at brie nick garen uh if you want any additional information on my works you can find me at patreon.com slash if you want to support the show and you can also find lots of announcements and updates as well as the willow wings witch shop at brainickgarren.wordpress.com and i'll be posting some show notes uh for this particular episode with some sources if, if you there is one book I want to plug very quickly before we go. If you want to know more about witchcraft trials in colonial Virginia, I highly recommend picking up These Detestable Slaves of the Devil, a, a concise guide to witchcraft in colonial Virginia by Carson O. Hudson Jr. I have read this book. I have attended a few of his lectures. He's very knowledgeable, really gives which is a fair shake and uh and and comes at it from a historical record point of view and he's also written a couple of other books about uh witchcraft and colonial america they're amazing wonderful stuff uh but i do believe that does it for the inaugural episode of the stardust sessions i think it did pretty <laughs> well yes super kicking yes. round had such a good fun time yes i'm greatly looking forward to the next one uh, thank you so much for joining me, Lazi. Always a pleasure. You are just a delight of a human being and thank a fairly horrible me. goose and a yes. fairly horrible goose. <laughs> That's going to be your epithet. The, the, the effervescent eccentric from Essex and also a fairly horrible goose. I'm, I'm laughing too much. Oh, well, that does it for this session. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. This is Bree and Lozzie signing off, and we'll see you next time. Bye! 
Sex Positive is a proud member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Check out everything they have to offer, including our sibling podcast, BS Free Witchcraft, over at nerdandtie.com. Intro and outro music by Kevin McLeod. For all the latest updates, follow at hex underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also follow me at at Brina Guerin on Twitter and Instagram. For more information on my books, you can check out my WordPress and my Amazon author page. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Stay safe, wash your hands, and remember, always practice safe hex.